Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Good morning, everybody. You can get up on your feet with me today. Man, how many of y'all enjoyed worship today? Man, God is good. God is so good. I'm thankful for His presence in our midst. Uh, as we worship, God is moving in our lives, and He's speaking to us and highlighting things to us that maybe have been on the back burner. The last time I spoke, we talked about God being light. Light. One of the points of the message was no light, no sight. We can't see what God wants us to see unless the light of who He is is shining on the inside of our heart. Somebody say amen. And so today we're going to be beginning a new series called Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Now when you hear that, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, I want you to kind of recount in your own mind what God has done in your own life. Throughout the history of your relationship with Him through the ups and downs, I want you to take a moment and think about it. Remember, recount what He has done. All these different re-words that we can apply in our walk with the Lord. Remember, redeemed, restored. God has done so much for you and I. And it's a shame that that story, if it is dying in your heart, has died. Recount that today. Allow that to well up on the inside of you. And the focus of this series is to bring that back to you. Who is Jesus? What has He done? Not only in my life, but throughout history. Who is Jesus? How do I think about Jesus? When I hear that name, what comes up in my mind? And so today, I hope you remember some things. I hope if you're new to this whole church thing and Jesus thing and who is God, I hope that He redeems you. I hope that He restores you today. Anybody in this room that is a believer can tell you that old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that's the life we live in. Today, before we dive into that, last week was Vision Weekend, and, and Pastor David gave us some stats of some things that happened over 2023. I want to let you know that we had 27 new families begin coming to Summit Church last year. That's a big deal. And out of those people of the 27 families, over half of them are in a small group, over half of them are being discipled, over half of them are serving already in the church. This is good news, friend. This is good news. The bride of Christ is being purified. We are being slowly and, and uh, over time conformed into the image of His dear Son, Jesus. And so together, Today we're going to talk about his story. And before I move on, I'm so excited to preach to you today, but I would be remiss uh, to not let you listen to this story that we want you to check out this morning. I'll start at September 8th. You can start at September 8th. Cool. So uh, about 30 days prior to that, uh, man, God had been drawing me pretty hard to him. Um, had really been... Uh, heading that direction and uh, I was doing a little Bible study came across uh, uh, Ephesians 5 uh, I believe it's 12 13 uh, talks about whatever's whatever's made visible becomes light and uh, had this overwhelming uh, conviction to confess some things you know that I that had yeah. happened in my life you know uh, some sins and uh, I remember texting you that night and Hey man, do you think we could meet sometime? And the next morning, there, there we were, where I'm at now, looking back and, and getting to know God, um, you know, through praying and through His Word. Looking back, it just like, it, it fills in all them gaps where I, was, where I was lost, but I really, He had never let go, you know. It's a story of triumph and overcoming. Uh, it's, it's a story of, of, of great redemption of uh, going from being in so such darkness to, to just a lot of light. Um, wow. 
His grace is abundant. If there is anyone that, that is at that point, you know, wanting to quit or, or thinks that um, they've done too much for God to to redeem them or, or for God to love them or, or use them even, um, that that's not true. That uh, if you feel any pull toward God, it's Him, not you. Yes. He's drawing himself to you to himself. That he is bigger than anything that uh, that we face, or bigger than any sin that we commit, um, and that he has arms that are open. And he's wow, the forgiveness that he offers is 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 abundant, and it's it's a uh, you know you you never really go too far for God to come get you. Um. Lean into it. Seek, seek him. He's not hard to find. Yes. And um, just know that here, especially at Summit, I have found that anyone on the staff, there's no condemnation. You'll never be condemned. And uh, if there's anything you're hiding or holding on to, just don't be ashamed because there's nothing that you could probably done that's worse than anything I've done. And I've never found condemnation, not not in Jesus and not here at Summit. Can we just thank God? The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices at one soul that comes to know Him. Man, this is the good news. And, you know... <laughs> You know, I, I know Weston. This isn't somebody that just stumbled into the church one day. And you know, we today's message is about this. We we treat people as tasks and projects on a list. And many of us that makes us good in the workplace. We get things done and we move things forward. But everything that makes us good at work doesn't necessarily make us good at home or good in our relationships. We have to throw off the heaviness of this world and make time for the interruption of God. This is what He wants to do in your life. When me and Weston first met, the, the night before, I believe it was, it was probably like 11 o'clock, He texted me. We met at 6 o'clock the next morning, 6.30 at the office. We prayed. We sought the Lord together. And God changed His life. And to this day, He's been following the Lord for six months. At some point, if he wants to, he'll delve in. But God has rescued him from the pit just like he did me. This is the story of Jesus. Let's get into God's Word today. The, the title of the message today is Love Like You've Been Loved. Love Like You've Been Loved. Our text is in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. This is what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's pray. God, you are light and you are life. We tap into the source of our blueprint of what we were originally designed for to be in communion with God. Speak to us today. Let your light examine every dark place in our heart. Move away every shadow. Get in every nook and cranny and corner. God, shine your light upon our hearts today and lead us into your redemption. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Bless God. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. I want you to engage with, with me this morning. I know many times when we sit down, I've, I've been in your seat many times, and many times when I sit down, my mind is kind of into a relaxed mode. I want you to engage with me today. I want you to get notes out. If you have the app, you can follow along with me there. I believe God wants to highlight some things to us today to change us from the inside out. Love like you've been loved. You know, if we're going to talk about this topic of love like you've been loved, we have to understand what type of love I'm talking about. I'm not talking about phileo love. I'm not talking about the emotional kind of love or 
the, the, the fleeting kind of love that comes and goes. I'm talking about agape love. Agape love, and you'll see the definition of that on the screen. It's other-centered, self-giving, without the thought of self, sacrificial love. It's other-centered. It's about the other person receiving the love. It's self-giving. Where we see this in the text in a few uh, instances is when God splits the heavens open when He speaks to Jesus after He's baptized. And He says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm giving you agape love. Love them with the same love I have loved you. By this love, they will know you are my disciples. It's interesting in John 13 that Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. This is brand new to them. In, in a previous uh, time when they're encountering Jesus and He teaches them, He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, He says, Now a new commandment I give you. So this is even deeper than loving my neighbor as myself. This is loving my neighbor as Christ has loved me. Man, that's deep. This is another depth of God's love. This is a new dimension of God's love that He wants us as believers to walk in. Many people will never hear what you say about God, but they will observe your life. And your body language and how you treat people will be the gospel you preach for the rest of your days. How you treat one another. Your relationships can either be a tool to lead people into the kingdom or a deterrent to keep them out. This is something God wants us to move in as a people. When real revival is breaking out in a group of people, the devil would love nothing more than to sow discord, than to have us gossiping, backbiting about one another. Well, they did this, and you don't understand, and it really hurt me when they did that, and this thing that happened in my past, I was abused, I was hurt, I was misused. All of that may be true, but to all of that, I would say, but they're loved. But that person is loved by God. And if we see people through the lens that God sees them through, and we are truly filled with His light, our perspective of our neighbor would change, even those that are hurting us. Even those we don't like. Even those that by our moral standards of the earth, we have a reason to have a grudge or feel bad against them. God is saying, forgive and be forgiven. There is a scripture that says, I can't even forgive you. This is Jesus. I can't even forgive you until you forgive your neighbor. Wow, that's deep. This is moving into the narrow way. This is the agape type of love. They're wrong. Hey, but they're loved. They did fill in the blank to me. Okay, but they're still loved by God. These are two different mindsets that we have to work through. We see this uh, come up in the Gospels. How many of y'all love Peter? I, he, he makes me not feel so bad about my salvation sometimes. Praise God for Peter. Because, man, sometimes I got a little West Texas in me and it comes out, you know. Stub my toe, something doesn't go the, the way I think it should, and I got to pray a little longer that day. You know what I'm talking about. And so Peter, I think, you know, he could have been from West Texas. I really, he, you know, he probably resided from Canyon or Amarillo. But uh, Peter, you see Jesus in the garden. He's fixing to be betrayed. One of the most pivotal parts of Scripture that we could ever read. And all of this is going down. The disciples are falling asleep while Jesus is awake. And he's saying, you can't tarry with me at least one hour. And they keep falling asleep. And then the, the Roman guards show up and they are capturing Jesus and going to take him away because he's been betrayed by Judas. And Peter, in that moment, in our human mind, in our carnal thinking, we would say he has every right to pull his sword out and cut the ear off of the guard. But Jesus is different. This is the mystery of the one we follow. We would say, defend him. Defend him. We have something to fight for. This is my God. And Jesus tells Peter to put his sword down, picks the man's ear up, and puts it back on his head. 
Then he declares that he is the I am, and everyone falls flat as if they were dead. This is the Jesus we follow. Jesus is light. He is so much light that we shouldn't even be able to come close to him. Yet, he draws us in and says, come near. This is the mystery of Jesus. When you think about Jesus, if He's always within the box that you've created for Him, you're not believing in the Jesus of the Bible. He is past finding out. That's what His Word says. And that's what should lead us into deeper dimensions of who He is. As we talk to Him, yeah, you can just mute the band. Mute the band. There you go. Thank you so much. So you can go into the deeper dimensions of who God is. He simply will not fit in our boxes. Again, the last time we talked, we talked about Jesus is the light, that the light of the world stepped down and shone into darkness. He is the life of men and the light of men, that the darkness could not comprehend Him. It could not distinguish or extinguish the light that had come to them. It couldn't put the light out, and it couldn't even tell what was happening to it. Now, I remember when I first encountered the Lord and my life was in the darkest place it has ever been and I felt that light hit my heart and the darkness had to go away. It couldn't distinguish what was happening to it. It was such an electric feeling when the Holy Spirit hit my heart the tuning fork of my heart began to ring out with the frequency of God and I began to say, this is what I've been longing for. This is the thing that I've needed my whole life. The drinking couldn't do it. The relationships outside of marriage couldn't do it. All of these things could not do it. I needed His light. I didn't need an inferior light. And when you receive the light of God, you're not receiving a junior light. You're not receiving a little light. You have the full light on display hitting your heart. And if you have not experienced that, if your Christianity is not resembling that, I would say today, ask God to take you deeper. And He will. This is not an exclusive type of thing. Relationship, Jesus says, all who are willing, come. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I want to talk about the root of how we actually love people. The root of how we love people is we understand I am loved by God. If I understand I am beloved by the Father, the fruit that comes out will be I see people differently. I love people. I can tell my enemy, hey, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I love you. Man, in this day and age, we can't even have a conversation. When's the last time you had a conversation with somebody you outright disagree with that does not look like you, does not think like you, doesn't walk and talk like you? I met with somebody a few weeks ago that maybe a few years ago I wouldn't even want to be associated with. Probably would have made fun of them. Probably would have pointed a finger at them and called them names. And I sat down in a coffee shop and had a conversation with them where they basically disagreed with everything I said, but they said something to me at the end of the conversation. They said, all the other Christians I've talked to, you just have a different look in your eye. I can tell you actually care about what I'm saying, and you care about me. You're not mad at me. All the other people I talked to, they didn't even want to hear what I had to say. And instead of looking at people and saying, what's wrong with them? We should look at them and say, what happened? Where where did you get off? God has something for you and you're not there. What has happened to you? And when I think about my own life, I had people in my life that looked at me in my time of need and said, what has happened to you, Connor? (laughs) Man, what has gone wrong? God has so much for you. God has a plan and a purpose for you, and He loves you. And that's what changed me. Wasn't somebody browbeating me. It wasn't even somebody quoting the Bible to me. It was somebody living the Bible out. You might be able to quote the Bible up and down, front and back, and praise God for that. I study the Bible every day, memorize Scripture, all of it. All of it's good. 
But if it does not migrate from your mind and your heart to your actions, you're doing it in vain. It has to survive the migration all the way into who you are. That's what the world needs. The light doesn't talk. The light shines and moves and, and is going around. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the preaching of God's Word, but He didn't say that's how they would know you are my disciples. He said you'll know they are my disciples by how they love one another. Ephesians 1 verse 18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called. His holy people who are rich, His rich and glorious inheritance. Paul's praying for the church of Ephesus. In this chapter, he talks about getting on his knees and praying for these people. Jesus, we're going to read a text here in a minute where Jesus is praying for you and I that we would be one as Him and the Father are one. I believe we wouldn't have to spend so much time trying to be one if we understand that at the root of everything, God loves me. If your identity is not rooted in that, good luck trying to walk this out. If you don't know God loves you, you're going to just be trying hard for the rest of your life to, to be better on your own. Who wants to do that? I know I don't. I've gotten on the treadmill of performance before and I ended up burned out and mad at everybody and mad at God because I wasn't getting the results. And he says, you're trying to do this outside of me. The Bible says, this is what Jesus says in the Bible, apart from me, you can do nothing. No thing. In the Greek and Hebrew, that still means the same thing. No thing. Nothing. We can't do anything without His Spirit prompting us. So we have to get first things first. We are of the light originally. We are the imago dei of God. If you don't see your neighbor as the image of God, even if they're not saved, they were made in the image of God. We have to love them as such. We are of the light. Now some of us have returned to the light, and now we're going to go be the light. This is the natural sequence of this. We are of the light. Initially, the Imago Dei, I'm created in the image and likeness of God. Amazing thing. But I have to return to the light because of my fallen nature, because of, of my Adam nature, my Adamic nature. And then I have to go be the light. So now, all old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I've been regenerated and reborn. Literally, I'm a new person. That old man, how many of y'all remember in the early church, I grew up in the old Pentecostal, the old man is dead, right? The old man is gone. And that's the truth. The old man is dead. And now we're walking into the newness of life. If you see something as a believer that's not in agreement with how God wants you to live, you are acting outside your new nature. You are acting outside of the new nature God has given you. And you need to become righteousness conscious conscious of what the Bible says about you. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I'm walking in the purpose of God. And stop focusing on the past. You got to get past your past. You got to move on. Step into the new thing. Move forward. New habits. New thinking. Repentance all the time. Metanoia. Changing the way we think. We are of the light. Returning to the light. To now be the light. John 17, verses 20 through 23. This is Jesus praying for us. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and one mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be unified and together as we are. I and them and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. I want to focus on those last few lines. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence 
that you've sent me and love them in the same way you loved me. A good uh, barometer and test for if you're mature, when you look at somebody, this is just me personally, and I, and I understand because I'm a, part from the, I'm a part of this part of the world. When you look at somebody that has an alternative lifestyle, that maybe has same-sex attraction, doesn't believe the way you believe, when you look at them, what do you think? Do you think, what the heck is wrong with them? Or do you think, man, something's happened. I need to go love that person. I, I might need to go have coffee with that person. Jesus has basically, in our modern terms, has coffee, sits at a well with a promiscuous woman by himself, sends his disciples away. This woman has had five husbands. She's on her sixth. Jesus sends his disciples away and sits at this well with this woman. If I'm talking to a young leader that's going into ministry, I'm telling him, man, you better leave the door open. You better have your wife there. This is not right. You, this ain't a good meeting you need to be having by yourself. But Jesus believed the light he had was more contagious than the sin she had in her. Are we there yet? I don't know. Are we? Think in your mind, what would I think? Now, of course, in all cases, you shouldn't do that. If you can't handle that, don't do that. But Jesus is showing us the light within us is so bright. We went to New Orleans this uh, summer. And man, you know, I just had these pictures. A lot of people think I'm from Louisiana when they hear me talk. They don't think I'm from Texas. They said, man, you got to be Cajun. I said, no, I'm from Matador, Texas. But uh, I guess we had a lot of Cajuns migrate to Matador and create a little village. I don't know what happened there. But, <laughs> but that's what people think. Man, he's got to be Cajun. So I was like, man, I'm going to go back to my roots. You know, maybe the Lord's telling me something. So we went to New Orleans, and we had beignets, and it was great, and praise God for all that. But as soon as we got out of the car, it was record heat that day. Humidity was high. Lindley, my daughter, likes running everywhere, so I thought she was going to get kidnapped. So I was just on guard. And my heart was burdened when I got out. You could just feel it in the atmosphere that this place needs Jesus. And when I walked, I was just heartbroken. Me and Taylor, I couldn't even have a conversation with her. I didn't know if I was mad, righteous, righteously mad because of the sin that was there. Or just so much dysfunction. I just thought, I told her, I said, we got to come back and do missions work. We got to come back and do missions work. And it's just the burden of God that God puts in us. When we get in a dark situation, our light goes off within us and says, this place needs Jesus. This person needs Jesus. Not what I think they need. They need the love of Jesus. Okay, now these are two different things. Not what I think they need. What God says they need. Not when I sit down with somebody that has an alternative lifestyle, I tell them how wrong they are. They didn't need a license for me to begin sinning in the first place. They were already sinning. Well, you gave them a license, brother. You gave them a license about what you said. No, I did not. They, didn't, they had the license. People are sinning already. They don't need a license from the church. They need the church to step in and be the bride of Christ and love them and say there's better news than what you're living in. And I love you. And if I have to meet with you forever until I see the goodness of God shed abroad in your heart, I'm going to love you until that happens. That's what the world needs. They need love like we've been loved. Today, I've, I really feel this in the room that there are people in here that you've been hurt. In your childhood, you were hurt. Maybe by people that were close to you. You may have been abused. You may have been misused. And on the inside of you, when you hear things like this, you do want to say, well, they're wrong. But they're wrong. What they did was wrong. And I believe God by His Spirit is shouting back to us, but they're loved. But they're loved. Just like I loved you in the middle of your plight, in the middle of your despair. I love them. 
Whether they come to that knowledge, that's up to them. But I cannot keep myself fastened to this root of unforgiveness and never step into what God has for me. I refuse. My life was not always awesome. There's still moments life will throw things at you. My God, it'll throw things at you. This whole past week, we were all sick. All of us had strep. There was not a day where we were healthy until today. And it was awful. It was just awful. But in the midst of that, I can say, God is still good. It's not me like touting these hollow platitudes. He doesn't change, friend. When you get hurt, He doesn't change. He still loves that person. When you get offended, He doesn't change. God does not move over onto your side when you get offended. God does not step into your camp and say, yep, I'm going to be on your side now, brother. No. This is not how He works. Man, we, we are such humanists in the way we think. Everything comes back to what I want. It's secular humanism infiltrating our Christianity because we believe God's concerned with what we want. He's concerned about you becoming holy as He is holy. He's different, man. And I'm thankful He's different. I don't want Him to be like me. It's what makes Him God. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, Paul again is talking about this extravagant love of God. He says, My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. Hear that, West Texans. Hear that, Connor Mason. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in you as the open door and you would invite Him in. And I ask Him that with both feet, I want you to focus on this, both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all of the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's loves. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its lengths, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit deeply and gently within us. God doesn't push us around, so why do we think we should push people around? Right? God leads us in. He leads us in. He is different. He's different. If there's one thing I want you to get out of the message today, Jesus is not the Jesus that maybe you grew up with. He's different. He's the Jesus of the Bible. And when you hear me say He's the Jesus of the Bible, we immediately try to put, stamp it, cross the T, dot the I. I know what that means. You need to plumb the depths. You need to reach to the heights. This is what we are doing with our walk with the Lord. We are continually having things highlighted to us. Proverbs 4.18 But the lovers of God walk on the highway of light and their way shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. The way shines brighter and brighter. That means continually darkness is being exposed brighter and brighter. You say, man, I've been saved for a long time. It's still supposed to be being brighter and brighter. God is moving us into new dimensions of His love, and He's inviting us. Do you want to hear the whispers of what God has to say to you personally? Do you want to hear the secret, still small voice? Because what I know about that is I have to deny myself. I have to come before Him and say, whatever you want, I'll do. Whatever you want, it's not about me. I'm sorry. It's just like that old worship song. I'm sorry for the thing that I've made it, God. But it's all about you. So tell me what you want me to do. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. I'm sorry that I've put you in this box of Christianity which is a term we've made up. We're followers of the way of Jesus. That's who we are. We're not this box or this separate group that 
I don't know where we've gotten off on this. I do know where we've gotten off, but we don't have time to even dive into that. But God is doing a new thing within us. And the new thing is an ancient thing. The new thing is what the apostles did. When we begin doing what the apostles did, people will look at us and say, this is different than the Christianity that I grew up in. Let the love of God unlock the light in you. There is more love for people that God wants to expose you to today available for you. There is more forgiveness available for you. There is more generosity available for you. I just want to say those abused and misused and hurt, God is saying forgive and be forgiven. And He says, I am El Roe which means the God who sees right where you are. You are beloved and seen by God the Father today. His light brings shape and form to everything within us and everything around us. I want you to get up on your feet with me today. Band, you can come up. Today is a very contemplative message The way we have crafted the church in the West is we start at a low point and we get to a climactic point. And when we hit that point, yeah, you guys can go ahead and come up. That's when we know the message is done. But I want us to have a different observation of that today. I don't want you to focus on the sound. I want you to focus on what God is speaking to you. I want us to have a different observation of that today. Contemplate in your heart, what is God doing in me? Have I allowed His light to shine in to every corner of my heart? Have I allowed who He is to change me? This is what God wants to do within us. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads today. Focus your eyes on the Father. Don't wait for me to give you instruction. Just begin praying to Him. Begin praying to Him. He is a firm foundation. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. No weapon formed against you will prosper, believer. Every tongue that rises against you will fall in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would be infused with the love of God. Be infused with the love of God today. Be infused with His love. Be taken into greater dimensions of His love. Paul says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in you as the open door and invite Him in. Today, if you want to invite Him in, you can stay at your seat. If you feel like you need to step out and come to the altar, you can kneel at the altar. But I feel by the Spirit of God that some of our responses should be to get down on our knees before our Father today. To say to Him, take me to deeper dimensions of your love. I want to love like I have been loved. If that is you, we're going to continue to worship for the next 10 minutes. We're not moving on. Begin to worship the Lord. Come up to the altar. Lift your hands where you are. Respond to what God is doing in your life today. You have been loved. So start loving like you've been loved. You are the beloved of God. He wants to seat you in heavenly places far above the things of this earth. This is the God we serve, friend. Let the Spirit of God draw you to Him today. Let His kindness pull you in. Step out from your seats and come forward if you want. Praise God. Be free. Lift your hands. Lift up song to Him today. Let's worship Jesus.
Come and cry out to the Father this morning. Cry out to Him today. trying to let that in because sometimes it's hard for us to receive the love of God because we feel guilty or we feel ashamed but you're in a family that loves you and God loves you so if you feel like man I just I want to receive the love of God so that I can love people so that I can reach out to people around me then this is for you too or maybe you just lift up your hands this morning. I'm not sure what the next step is, but I feel that in the room today as well. This moment is for you to receive the love of Jesus. So let's pray. Come forward. If that's you, just come forward. If you want to receive the love of God this morning, come forward. Step out from your seat. Don't be an observer today. 
Anytime God wants to take you to a new place in your life, it's going to require a stepping out. If you have a hard time with people, if you've been hurt and you can't see past your hurt to love your neighbor, if your love is surface and you want to have that agape love, I want you to come forward and Taylor and our team will pray with you. Just step forward. The team is going to continue to play. And as you come forward, we will pray with you. Back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. step out to break out of your box and to lay bare before the Lord and say I want to change whether you respond to that or not it's up to you this call is not about me but I want you to do an inward searching right now and break this religious thing off of you we're not going to be in a box here so close your eyes, get uncomfortable and lift your hands and we're going to pray. God, I pray right now that you touch the people of our church. Infuse them with the love of God, the agape love, the other-centered love, the sacrificial type of love that says, despite what I think, I know you're loved by God. Infuse them with love. Baptize them by the Spirit. Give them boldness by the Spirit of God today to walk into their workplace, to walk into their families, and to change the environment around them. Let the light of God pierce every bit of darkness in their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, let's sing, I will build my life upon your love. Come on, church, and sing it out this morning.
for your presence. Take us into deeper dimensions of who you are. Bless every person in this room, God. I pray that those that are far from you today that have never surrendered to your Lordship, have never allowed the kindness of God to lead them to repentance, I pray you would lead them there today. I pray they would encounter you, God. I pray that those that have declared with their mouth that they love you, but they feel that their heart is far from you today, I pray that your light would pull them in. church the spirit of God is here and I'm thankful for the work he has done today and I'm thankful for what he's doing in our lives Weston's story is one of many within our church you're going to get to hear more about other stories throughout the coming weeks but I want you to come in and not do church as normal if we want to change the world around us we can't do business as usual we have to become those that are a peculiar people, those that are going after the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving those around us. If we truly, not as some hollow Christian platitude, love God and in turn love people, we will change the world. We will change the world. It starts with one. God, I bless every person in this place today. We declare Summit Church's holy ground, Father, but we will worship you in spirit and in truth. God, I declare over each and every person that they would be the lender and not the borrower, above only and not beneath, God, that they would be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Thank you, Jesus, for the promises that you have given us, and we stand upon your love and your promises today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's give God a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah to his name. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church podcast.